If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's essentially the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need on one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your pod right from your phone or your computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your pod on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into Let's Process This, the inappropriate series, where we talk about the process of overcoming trauma, turning it into treasure, and the creative process also. Plus, now to celebrate my new comedy special called Inappropriate, for a limited time, I am talking with my friends on IG Live, Instagram Live at Real Melinda Hill about what is inappropriate to them. You can get my comedy special at melindahill.com, where you can also subscribe to this podcast. And if you want to support this podcast and this message about turning trauma into treasure, healing trauma, and related comedy happenings, having to do with hilarity, H-E-A-L-arity, you can subscribe, contribute, and become a patron also at melindahill.com. Thank you so much for listening and for sharing this podcast with anyone who you feel could benefit. I so appreciate you and I'm so grateful to connect with you in this way. So without further ado, Z, Let's process this. I don't know why I just yelled that. It's not really a yelling vibe on this pod. Pull up your seat pants. It's my fabulous guest, Jason Daly Kennedy. What's up, Melinda? How are you? Great. How are you doing today? My seat pants were unbuckled, so... Sorry, I didn't show. I showed up inappropriate to your to your IG with unbuckled seat pants. Are your are your seat pants buckled now? Are you ready for for all this? Are you ready for this wild ride? Yeah. You know, I I'm sorry, you told everybody I'm really interesting. It's not true. I, IG live is a real seat pants ride you know i taped this podcast on ig live and it's like so exciting because anything can happen and anything does happen at any time it has been known to cut out it has been known to i'm not even going to go there with all the things it's also been known to thrill and delight and that's what's happening today with my guest jason daly kennedy jason does many things we're going to go into all of them. He's an activist. He's uh, what? What are all the things? Uh, I like to steal things and mostly people's hearts. He definitely is a thief of hearts. You're kind of um, yeah. you're you're kind of pixelated. Thingy maker, jerker doodle. Let me see. Um, Jason, the reason I wanted to have Jason on today is not only is he a dear friend um, who whom I spend some holidays with, but also, um, you know, he really helped. My comedy special, Inappropriate, is is coming out 
It's coming out October 20th. It's available for pre-order now at melindahill.com. And uh, Inappropriate is a special um, about moving from trauma bonding to trauma mending. It's about healing your trauma. It's about uh, rewriting your narrative, creating a new life. And um, both societally and personally, and so that's also why I started this podcast. It's called Let's Process This. It's about processing and healing or overcoming trauma and moving um, into solution, turning it into treasure, and also the creative process and healing process. So I wanted to have Jason on because Jason helped was a pivotal key player in the making of the inappropriate comedy special. And he was our, uh, our you know, a key component in crafting that message. And so I wanted to have you on to talk about your your great work that you do, that you you did for the special and also that you do in general. Can you tell us more about that? By the way, you're totally blurry. I don't know if your camera's blurry. Can you see me? Am I blurry to you? Okay. Better blurry anyway. So can you hear me okay? Then we're probably okay. That's better. That's better. You look better. You're less blurry now. You're more in, in, well, you're still a little blurry, but go ahead. I can hear you. So, yeah, the, um, yeah, thank you for having me on. Thank you for having the chance to talk. And thank you for putting this special out there. I know we worked really hard. You worked really hard on that, excuse me, and did a lot of work towards it. And, and it took some time. I was thinking, I was reflecting during the U.S. Open this year to a couple of years ago when, because I was at the U.S. Open, I was on the train, I was on my way there, and you called me and you were like, um, so I sent this tweet last night because at this point we were already working on the special. And you're like, and I woke up and it went viral this morning. And I was like, oh, that's great. And it was when you called Louis C.K. out for me too soon, which just fit so perfectly into what your special was um, and is. And I'm so excited that in a week's time or two weeks' time, whatever it is, the world is going to see inappropriate and just how inappropriate you are. I mean, how inappropriate. <laughs> that's what I meant to say. <laughs> that's what what that's what you meant to say men are and then i choked oh you said how inappropriate men are and then that's what you meant to say yeah um well yeah it was like what were your reflections when you were thinking back to that the things things that things that matter take time that's one thing and I think that our world is experiencing that now too, that things that matter really take time, um, whether it is about the Me Too movement uh, or racial justice and civil rights and LGBTQ rights, like these things are all marathons and you know they've been going on for a long time and we can't ever let our foot off the gas pedal. And so it's really important that the content that you're putting out, the show that you're putting out is out there because it furthers the conversation. And I think our role as people who are active in um, changing the narrative of white patriarchy being in charge of all decisions and um, 
that we can then get into a place where we see more change in the world. But it's like we always got to have our foot on the gas pedal, you know. Um, you do it in a very entertaining way. I love the way that you are able to change the narrative and really shift people's attention into why it is necessary to have these conversations. And as you say, moving from trauma bonding into trauma mending, you know? Um, so yeah, and I was just really excited because it was like, oh, I got a chance to, you know, help you unearth your vision. And wow, it's already like now it's a special that's on Netflix and Amazon and everything. And uh, I'm excited for the world to see it. Thanks, Jason. Well, you know, what was really cool was I was just, and I want to talk about how awesome this was, because this is what you you do with people, with corporations and with individuals, is I said, hey, I'm raising money to make a comedy special. I started this crowdfund, and I'm going to make a comedy special. And and uh, you said, hey, um, you kind of pulled me aside. You were like, "Hey, you need uh, you need a message, and when your message is clear, the money will come." And that was exactly what happened. And so I started. You said, "Come over to my house. We'll talk about this." And we went and we did this these these meditations and visualizations that you had me do, uh, where I don't even know what kind of hocus pocus went into all this. But you like called in the angels. You called in the team players from the universe and like they gave me this message and you would be like, what's the message? And, and once that message was clear and solidified, um, all of a sudden the platforms appeared and the support appeared for that message to become the comedy special that it is now. And what I'm going into interviews now talking about is that message. It's like a lot of people make a thing and that's great. It's great. You know, being funny is in a in and of itself a great offering to the world. But I think when you have a message behind it that actually is going to add value to people's lives, it's something to really get excited about. And so that's what you really helped me with. So like what was that process that you that how did you do that? Thank you for sharing that. And I, it is in a bit of an in Tuition. I knew you had a great product and I thought it just would be something that would be like, I was kind of called to say, Hey, what if you tried this? Right. And we'd known each other for a while by that point. Um, but what, what the process is for me is when I work with people, um, in this case, people to unearth what their vision is. And so for some people it's like getting a job and for some people it's about creating a special or, you know, getting unblocked. I tap into a lot of different tools, but um, meditation is a focus of them. I have been a meditation practitioner for a decade, and I've been a teacher for about seven years. I work with um, everything from corporate studios to departments of um, child probation to uh, or teen probation to uh, doctors and gynecological scopists. I can't say that. So I like to work with people to make sure that they can kind of, you know, first of all, get rid of the blocks. And then I use meditation as a way to do that and some visualization. And then it's getting into the work. And so my, you know, I'm certified as a coach, so I work and use some of that background as well. Um, and so I, you know, it's about like getting rid of the blocks. It's about getting into the present moment and then getting into action. And then you have somebody that helps you stay accountable, right? So you and I would do these check-ins and it would be like, okay, so where is this and where is this and what about this? 
And then, you know, I think one of the things that I noticed with you is that it was like, oh, wait, this is over there. And I suffer from this too. So this is why it's really important to have another voice. It's like, oh, I noticed this thing over here. And, I, and this will be the thing to do it, right? And it's like, okay, but wait, remember, this is where we are. And so my job and really any job as a coach and um, guide is to like, okay, come back to this, come back to this. You have this idea, come back to this. The idea may shift a little bit or the end product may shift a little bit, but it doesn't go like, you know, oh, I got to go grab this shiny thing because this is what this should probably be now, right? So it's good to have somebody that does that so that you can be present and so that you can come back to what it is that you're here to do. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, that's what I really found um, was great is I would go to Jason's like every week and we'd, we'd clarify this message. We'd clarify the mission uh, of the comedy special. We'd clarify we crystal clarify that and it was like crystal clear. And then the special, what began to happen was the comedy special took form around that message. And it kind of, it took all of like my past material, my present material that I was working on. I was going and doing all these shows every night to work out this material, but it all came around inappropriate comedy special was born of that message. And what it did was it it restructured all my material into a sort of what it was like, what happened, what it's like now, right? So it's like I was looking at societal trauma, uh, the Me Too movement. Why is this happening? It's oh, it's trauma. It's unresolved trauma. Um, how do we heal it? What's the conversation about healing and solution? And then I it it, it showed caused me to look at my own life. What damage have I been causing? What trauma have I been reenacting looking for, you know, a different ending to childhood trauma or whatever? And then it became this whole special about healing and trauma mending and solution. And and like um, it put it gave context to all that old material that was like these classic stories I have that are funny about the you know, the funny dates that failed and all the stuff, but it puts it in a context of um, healing. So that's what I thought was really powerful. So how can people work with you as a coach or a meditation teacher? Kennedy.com is where I, you can book services and find out more about what I do. And um, I have some free meditations on there. I also have a brand called Meditation for Assholes, which will eventually be at the book. Um, the idea behind that is just getting less assholes in the world and more people meditate by having more people meditating and being present and also getting rid of like the guru um, mentality and just kind of really showing up for it. You know, and one of the things that you were just talking about, one of the things that I'm passionate about is like making sure on the coaching front, you know, you had some great stuff and you were kind of like, we need to use this one because it's really great. Right. But then by doing the work, you were kind of like, wait, and this wasn't me telling you, this is you on earth that wait, that doesn't fit. Right. And it's funny because we have these things that we hold on to that are like, I need to have this. And this is my thing. This is the thing that people know me for. And then you got rid of it. And the special was that much better because it didn't fit into that coming back to that vision, what your what your whole mission was with what that was. So um, anyway, you can find that stuff on on um, um, and, and some meditations and some that I've been doing and then my work in parenting. I mean, I'm a parent as well. It's not my work. Um, I mean, it's a lot. Of, um, 
Jason Kennedy, J- Jason, well. that cut out, jasondailykennedy.com. That's where they can find you. Okay, awesome. Um, Jason, uh, there was a, do you have a book coach for your book? Because there was an amazing book coach on my IG live yesterday, Kristen McGinnis. Oh, I should, I should connect with her. Yeah, she's a, like a story whisperer. You guys are very like-minded. So she seemed, and she's a best-selling author. Um, all right. Well, Jason, I want to know, she had a, like a lot of wonderful, she was like talking about the same stuff with us yesterday, but I thought what you did, and I'm a coaching consultant as well. So I thought, but I need coaches and consultants. I need to hire. And so I thought working with you was such a dream. And I was so grateful, um, for your help with the comedy special. And I'm really proud of the message. And sometimes it helps me when I get sick of my own material. I'm still not sick of the message. I still think it's a great message. So I just want to thank you for all that you did. And um, so like what, so since the special's called inappropriate, we're talking about like what's inappropriate to people. So I wanted to ask you, what do you find currently inappropriate? that you care to share with you now, by the way, can you see me now? Yes. Sound is still spotty. Okay. How's that? Amazing. I'm sorry. That's okay. Those damn headphones. That's okay. It's so much better. So much better. Okay. So, uh, your question was, what do I find inappropriate right now? Yeah. There's so much in this world that is inappropriate right now. I'm really, uh, you know, and as someone who meditates and, you know, I try to see the present moment and be present and then I'll come out of a meditation and then I'll read a headline and then I'll get real pissed. And then I'll have to meditate again. <laughs> like, it's a lot. Um, How many meditations so, are you doing a day? How many meditations are you doing a day now? I mean, honestly, I meditate in the morning, and that's um, about fifteen to twenty minutes. And then when it gets into like just you know, sometimes meditation for me is just like taking a deep breath, a few deep breaths, and getting recentered. You know, like little pockets of that to get focused and get centered. And then sometimes it's really about like getting back into it and digging back in listening to somebody else's guided meditation if i need some help or just sitting um and being present with my breath for a long period of time what do i find inappropriate right now um the fact that police officers are getting away with murder and we don't have a system that holds them accountable um that's pretty inappropriate pretty inappropriate yeah yeah, I have been, um, so I, my background has been pretty varied. I work obviously as a coach and, um, I do some content around, the, uh, wellness and parenting. I have three kids. Um, but I've always been in an activist of some sort. I, I had a picket sign in my hand, picketing the Catholic church at like 12 years old and with my family and we were doing Habitat for Humanity soon thereafter that. And so I grew up with a family mother. My mother was a um, community education specialist for battered women's shelters in Pittsburgh. And so 
you know, we grew up in an environment that was all about like taking charge and standing up for the marginalized. And then, um, that led into, I mean, I stayed with that after college and, and throughout college and then living in New York and then here in LA. And so I've always worked in a field that was about social justice or, um, uh, LGBTQ rights plus rights. Um, and so much so that in 2016, my background led me to do a music festival with Harry Belafonte, who is an EGOT winner and a civil rights icon. You know, he did everything with like being very close with Martin Luther King and um, very uh, active in the early civil rights movements of the 1950s and 60s to fighting global AIDS and global poverty. And, um, and then recently being the voice of the elders for the Black Lives Matter movement. And so this festival that we did in 2016 was a social justice music and arts festival with his organization, Sankofa.org. And the idea and execution was that we have entertainers from John Legend to Dave Matthews to Carlos Santana performing while we have people that you'll hear now and people didn't know then, but do know now, like Opal Tometi and Alicia Garza. And I think Patrice Cullors was there and um, Chaka Sangor and all these incredible activists um, <clears throat> who were speaking about the topics of ending police brutality and getting out the vote. This was before the presidential election in 2016 and then art. Um, so it was a really great festival outside of Atlanta and it was incredible to me that we experienced, like I, as a white man saw racism from police at this social justice music and arts festival that was there to promote, um, an end to police brutality, to the murdering of black Americans by police and by people who take it upon themselves to arm themselves. Like for example, the case of Lamont Aubrey, um, so I just, you know, what's inappropriate is how four years later, it's, we're fighting this even more. We have to fight even harder. How, and how do you, um, how do you propose that we fight even harder? Like what is the solution here? I don't have the solutions. I think there are many things that we can do. And I honestly believe that it will take people in our generation and the people who are adults right now, so the generations above and below us, to take actions at least once a week, if not daily, so that the generations that follow don't have to see this epidemic that we're that are that our um, our fellow Black and Brown citizens uh, endure on a daily basis. And so I think you know, so I, that led me to start this thing, Take a Knee, Take a Stand, which is another um, organization that I started. And so if you visit take any take us message reminders to take an action to end racism so we take a knee to pay respect but we take a stand to stand up for the social injustices that are around the world uh, around our country happening in our country so there's links to organizations that help with voting voting rights um getting the vote out uh, about learning about everything from the Breathe Act and what that means, if it gets passed and why we need, if not all of it, many, much of those things passed, um, to learning about Black-owned businesses and ways to support them, to understanding what it's like from a parenting perspective, too. You know, I have three kids. I have three Latina, Latinx kids who I am a white man, I'm a gay white man, and so my husband and I are raising three Latinx kids, and it's like, how do we raise them so that they are both um, <clears throat> socially justice oriented and standing up for what's right and 
fighting what's wrong, but also staying safe. You know, we have examples in California as you know, in the summer where um, an 18 year old and 21 year old Latin kid was killed, Latino kid was killed because um, he ran up the running away from police. You know, so there's so many things that need to change in this world when it comes to those topics. I'm passionate about it every day. And I think that's one of the things that we need to do for people to take action every day. And a big part of that action, <clears throat> soapboxy here, I'm sure, is learning. It's reading. It's reading, you know, yeah, read White Fragility from Robin D'Angelo if you're white, but then dig deeper and read um, How to Be an, uh, an Anti-Racist by Ibram X. Kendi, who writes some incredible articles for The Atlantic, and read Ta-Nehisi Coates. Um, especially between the world and me, to understand what it's like. That's a memoir from him to his son about being a black man living in this country. And it takes your breath away, you know? So I want to continue learning. I don't have any of the answers. I don't know what this is, the final solution is, but I do know that the voices in the movement have a lot of them. And that's why we created the site. My friend Ira Gilbert and I created the site along with Ori Daniel was to get that message out there and allow people the opportunity to tap into it every day. Where can people find that? Take a knee, take a stand dot today. Okay. And we're on Instagram at take a knee, take a stand. Um, my friend Carlos Brandt and a woman in Aria David, Aria Davis, um, created a really great social media strategy and they put, you know, there's a lot of content coming up every day and we, you know, drive you back to the site. The other thing you can do is take um, text, take a stand to 474747. And then that can get you signed up and direct to the site too. Awesome. Um, Jason, what? Sorry, lost your first. Jason, what personal trauma have you overcome or processed and how did you do it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I would say the biggest and most recent example of that for me had been, uh, as you know, my husband and I became parents in 2016, and we had two boys that moved into a, our home. This is another thing. This will go into another inappropriate thing, by the way, um, about the system. But two boys moved into our home at three months and 13 months old, and um, they lived with us for 16 months. Their parents were... Um, drug addicts who were in recovery and out of recovery and back in recovery for drug addiction, but also had mental health issues. They, um, the boys were neglected and were not able to live a healthy life in the setting with which they were living. And we were certified foster parents and we got a call at, um, like one o'clock on a Thursday. And by four o'clock, somebody dropped these two boys off at our house with one bag. And, um, we nurtured them and we raised them and, you know, taking care of kids at the very early age is really important um, because that's a formative time. As a matter of fact, that's the time period, according to Mary Trump in her book, that Donald Trump and his brother didn't have parent involvement and look what that created. <laughs> a fucking sociopath. So we nurtured these kids and provided them with some love and um, then the birth parents uh, had appealed the case and one, the appellate court, three judges with little context made the decision that these kids should go back to their birth parents, much to the chagrin and fighting of our agency, uh, even DCFS, although they didn't really do a lot to fight it, the Department of Children and Family Services, 
Um, the kids had an attorney. He was shit, so he didn't really do much. Um, but <clears throat> they did, and it was out of our hands. And it was the biggest kind of, uh, like, how do you how do you put how do you give up kids to a situation that you know isn't safe? And it's out. It was out of our hands. So how do you let go of that? And so we did. We had to. It was what we were had to do. You know, it was we were on the process of adopting them. But they so they were unified, and that was a trump for us. You know, it was like how do you go from being a parent one day and then not the next? And for the next year and a half, I did things what I called mindfully numbing. Right. So I practiced mindfulness and meditation, but I. Um, would spend time mindfully numbing by smoking cigarettes, <laughs> you know, like it would be funny. Like, like I teach a medication meditation class and then go smoke. And um, then I would do things like, you know, working out as much as I could, like things that could fix me. On the other hand, I also got that certification of a coach at that time, got to work with really great people like you and um, some other folks that around the country that really allowed me and actually around the world at that point that really allowed me to kind of, focus on things other than myself too which is a way to probably heal um yeah and then you know we got updates about the kids for a while and then we were not sure what we were going to do knowing that we wanted to be parents again but in january of 2019 we took in three kids who um were looking for an adoptive home and they were two five and six at the time and we are just a few weeks away from adopting them now. So they're now four, seven, and seven. Wow. There's two seven-year-olds? Yeah, and he just turned seven, so they're 10 months apart. Okay, well, congrats. That's, yeah. that's quite a journey. Like, how did you, how did you do that? How did you keep your head on through all that? Well, the mindfully numbing helped. Meaning I knew what I was doing when I was doing it. Um, but, you know, therapy helped. Um, mm -hmm. what, kind and, of what kind of therapy? Like CBT? Uh, yeah, I guess. You know, my therapist is a coach, too. So it's a little bit of both. Um, red vines helped a lot. I like, ate red vines every day for a while. What does that mean? Mindfully numbing. Does that mean I can go get a deep dish pizza as long as I am mindfully knowing that I'm checking out of my life and I'm probably going to be sick to my stomach by eating the whole thing? It's okay? Or what's that mean? It, 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 yes, exactly. It's like I am aware that I am doing this and I am aware because by being aware of it, I wouldn't eat the whole deep dish pizza. I, I would eat half. Right. Mm. By being aware, I didn't like dive into something, you know, so I was paying attention and I was feeling the feelings, but I was like, you know, they weren't the best things for me, but I was present for them. Right. So I was numbing, but I was mindful about it. I like that because it because it kind of takes the the charge out of I, I'm doing this. So I'm a horrible person. It's kind of like, no, I have some things I want to mindfully numb out about. Yeah. And that doesn't mean I, I have to take yeah. it to a hundred and kill myself. Yeah. And then the inappropriate part about that, like that whole situation about them being, is they went back to a home 
and they likely suffered abuse. Their parents are now homeless or something. I don't know. They were taken from those parents. And then they had, they called us and said, can you take them back? And we're like, we have three kids. Wow. A ship has sailed. The daughter there too. So it would have been like, I could, I could parent to six kids. And how do you make sure that our kids are safe? Knowing that these kids had two years of trauma again. Mm. And so that's another aspect of trauma is like helping our kids manage the trauma of losing parents, even though they weren't maybe the best parents for them, obviously. And, you know, moving a couple of times. And then now we have the trauma of like yanked out of school. Although I do think my kids could probably write the book for other kids about how to deal with change, you know, (laughs) like, because they're not in classrooms anymore and they're on Zoom. And I think, and I had a conversation with another therapist about this, that what the world is experiencing in the past, um, since March, since the pandemic is a trauma. I think we are going to see the traumatic impacts and effects of what the world has been experiencing. Um, So to your point, how do you go to trauma, you know, mending? How, how do you do that though? I think you bond first, right? Like you say, trauma bonding and trauma mending. You gotta look. I believe that, and this is one of the things I talk about in my practice. I believe that emotions are like waves, right? So I can't get to where I'm going, where I want to go with waves, the app, the driving app, unless I share my location. You know, you have to share your location, your starting location. And I believe emotions are the same way. So you gotta admit where you are. I am petrified. I am scared. You know, RBG died. Fuck. It's this year, 2020. Fuck. But then where do you want to go? Yeah. Right? Like right before this, I just finished a meditation on joy with one of my um, corporate clients with the group there. And I was, and I, you know, there's this quote um, that's basically like, you know, there's all this sorrow in the world, but you can be the joy. Um, And I butchered that quote. But the thing is, is you can't be the joy if you're faking it. You know that inauthentic joy bullshit that you see out there? You know, like, everything's fine, you know? Life's good. Don't worry about it. You just need to be happy. And you're like, shut up. I heard it's called toxic positivity. Yeah, toxic positivity, yeah. I'm not that person. I'm actually not a... Um, I mean, I might be a toxic person, but I'm not an overly positive, sunshiny type person. I'm actually much more about real. It's kind of what I focus my sight on is getting real with getting good. So that it becomes more attainable and approachable for people. And that's what I work with my clients on too. Like, I want you to get real with it. Like, get real with what it means to be a survivor of sexual assault and what it means to navigate this world of inappropriate behavior from mostly straight white men, mostly white, mostly straight, mostly white men, right? And a world that dom- was once dominated by them. And I think you, and there's so many examples of amazing women in comedy that with the exception of like Chappelle and Chris Rock, I can't think, like I think of women in comedy more than men now. I don't know if that's just me, but like I think of women in comedy. I think of you, I think of Chelsea Handler, I think of Margaret Cho, I think of um, Chelsea Peretti and um your friend the blonde um that i love um, maria maria bamford you know like those are the images that come from in comedy which is exciting because i think if we think of women in roles of leadership more 
our world and we see women in roles of leadership and representation more of our world will be in a better place. I love Tiffany that. Haddish. I think of her all the time. I love that. I love Tiffany Haddish. Yeah. That's so cool. Well, um, how do you help your children overcome the places that they've been? Yeah, we talk a lot. They're in therapy too. You know, I, I'm a big proponent of getting therapy to work through the issues. I don't think you need to camp out there for the rest of your life. Like I have some friends that are like, well, my therapist 30 years ago said this, and today they said this. And I'm like, get a new therapist. Um, but the ways that we work through everything going on and everything they've been through is through that. It's through talking about it again. It's like, where are you? You know, um, if issues about their birth parents or about life came up before then, it's about honoring those memories, right? Like that sometimes those memories are more fantasy than reality. Oh, I remember my dad had this and my mom had this. I'm like, oh, that must be a really great memory. Yeah, so you, so you don't discount it. I think a lot of times foster parents and adoptive parents in particular have, and I think I see this even with divorced parents, is they're like, that can't be good if it was there, right? But instead, don't take away from them what they think was good. And, and instead, you know, and then as they get older, get more real with what, how they got here. You know, now they know that their parents weren't able to take care of them, so that's why they're with us and we're their forever family. In the future, I'll get more real with them about, okay, this is what happened with your parents, you know, just so you know, so you're aware, so you're not hiding things from them too. We talk a lot. The kids meditate for like 13 seconds um, at a time. They go to a school that's very focused on social emotional learning. So they have these things called cool tools. I've learned a lot from them from their school, you know, like these things called cool tools, which are like, I need my bubble space and don't invade my bubble space and I need a chill chair and... That's funny. <laughs> uh, Jason, I'm so happy for you. I, I, I'm so happy for you adopting your kids. I, I bet the other kids are sad. I, yeah, you know, that's the thing that, again, it's the system. The, the system is, I think, and I'm seeing this in many systems, the systems are broken, you know? And I often talk about how this is a country that was founded by stealing people to build land stolen from people. Like we stole people to build land on land stolen from people. Like if you just take that back and think about it for a moment, like let that sink in. Karmic retribution, like, and then we built systems to protect that, which we fucked up, <laughs> you know? And luckily the world is filled with people like you and like these incredible activists that we're seeing every day, like the Mapagories and the Kendrick Sampson's, just some of the ones that are on Instagram that are really doing the work with um, Ally and activists in the movements and Doc Melly Mel and Patrice Collars, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that are changing that narrative. Luckily there are books out there for kids that are much more about equity and diversity and inclusion and representation and removing bias and and the, luckily we see a lot of good things but i think we have to do so much work to make up for it clearly we have to when you see the president of the united states the sitting president of the united states refusing to denounce white supremacy and instead calling for a white supremacist group to quote unquote stand down and stand by like there's so much work to do 
there's so much work to do. What is that work? What can we do? I think, you know, text, for, text take a stand to 47, 47, 47, and see. We have, I have probably created, listed in some of the pages aren't you know are just links to the actual sites but we've probably got about 65 different actions that you can take and we're adding to it every day today for today's text message reminder was about um uh voting uh, getting out the vote by a letter writing campaign that you can do from home which is really cool and easy and tomorrow's is about um rednecks for black lives so what I'm trying to do is shine the spotlight on all the incredible people in the world that are doing the work to end racial injustice and social um, inequities and police violence and getting out the vote. But there's so many people that are doing it. So it's like, check, you know, check in to take a knee, take a stand, because I'll point you in the, we'll point you in the direction of these resources that exist. But do it. Commit to doing something I suggest every day. Doing one thing every day, whether it is an hour and a half or if it's five minutes of taking action, making phone calls, you know, calling the AG, Daniel Cameron of Kentucky and making sure that, you know, whatever it takes, right? Um, and this is the benefit of technology is it's easier to do these things now. Um, continue learning, you know, reading, immersing yourself in the technology and the stories that are out there um, and taking part. And honestly, like by doing this, and I think, you know, you and I both know getting into action helps relieve the anxiety, right? Getting into action helps to put a space between you and the, the fear of what's happening in the world, not what's happening in the world, but the fear of how that's going to impact you or the world. And that is one of the things that I love about this site and, and about the work I'm fortunate enough to do is like, I can sit with you and see change happen by doing the work. I can take part in taking and making phone calls and getting out the vote and uh, fighting up, fighting against the injustices that are out there. And that makes me feel better for that day. That's incredible. And what about what's this, what kind of self care can we have through this election time? Oh, no, 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 there's none. Don't worry about it. Pick it up on November 4th. Self-care starts again November 4th. Just fucking hammer down and hunker down and let go of yourself. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> how do you not... Is, how do wellness you, advice is to forget about yourself. How do you not lose your mind a day at a time? Meditation. Taking a few moments to meditate if you are a practitioner. And, and, it, and, and by the way, if you haven't for a long time, just sit and do it. If you're not familiar with it, I have some meditations on my site. There's a ton of sites out there that you can check into. Don't look for perfection. You know, just go for reflection. That's a big thing I like to do. Just sitting in quiet. That'll help you. Um, forgiveness, right? Like, I, I said the wrong thing, but I'm going to, you know, this is important, particularly for white Americans right now. I'm so afraid of saying or doing the wrong thing that I'm not going to do anything when in particular it comes to um, racism. So you move into anti-racism by getting up the next day and doing it anyway and trying. Making up for what you did wrong, saying I am here to learn, and then learning and then doing it again the next day. So I think it's about self-forgiveness. It is about taking care of yourself. 
it is about like, I don't know about you, if you watch the presidential debate or anybody who watched the presidential debate, I was exhausted after that. So I went to sleep like at 930 that night, you know, and I didn't finish the work. It's like forgiving yourself for not getting everything done that you need to get done. And um, obviously exercise and eating right is good until you don't, you know, and then that's fine right now too. Look, our world is really weird right now. And so if you're feeling guilty by the Peloton bodies and the daily, you need to do this and this will change your life kind of people out there, then turn them off. That's another thing, man, like disconnecting from social media, you know? I mean, follow Melinda Hill, but like the influencers that piss you off that you feel guilty about, just delete them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, that's, that's quite a lot to go on. I want to know about your book. Have you started writing it or what's the process? Yeah, I started a long time ago and then, um, it was going really well. So I stopped. Um, that's one of the things that I sometimes suffer from is this is working. So I'll quit. But the idea behind the book is that it's really like an airport book that you pick up. If we ever travel again, palatable ways to enter the world of meditation so that you don't act like an asshole and so that you can deal with the assholes around you. An asshole in the meditation for assholes world is an acronym for ways that we act out of fear, uh, angry, selfish, shame, hurt, overindulgent, less than and ego. And so if we can treat those areas and we can be more present for the people around us and for ourselves and, um, and you know, fewer assholes running around sounds really good right now, right? Really good. Well, Jason Kennedy, thank you. Melinda Hill, thank you. Thank you for all the great work you're doing um, on all fronts. And I know that this comedy special, Inappropriate, would not have happened without, without you and just right. your wonderful guidance, guidance in uh, Spanish. <laughs> guidance in Spanish in Espanol. Your wonderful guidance is what wow. led to this special being Thank born. You. And so I think anyone would be lucky to to get the honor of working with you. You're you're just so wise and you hit things with the you're really adding good to the world and with the perspective of, of a meditation teacher uh, grounded in realness. It's really a perspective that really, really helped me personally. Mm, thank you. I'm so excited for the world to see this special. <laughs> I am. It's so great. Thank you. Thanks, Jason. All right. Just, where 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 can people find you? They can find you on jasondailykennedy.com and... How do you give up? Take an e, take a stand, dot today. Oh, and meditationforassholes.com. But just go to jasondailykennedy.com and there's access to all that there. It's a funnel, a funnel in a in A, a funnel. A guidance funnel. <laughs> that's, my, that's my new drag name. Guidance funnel. <laughs> go find guidance funnel at jasondailykennedy.com. Um, all right, guys. Thanks for tuning in today to Let's Process This with a focus on inappropriate, which is um, we're, we're just, every day going to be doing an IG live about 
things that are inappropriate with amazing people from my life. So tune in every day around this time. Um, and also you can tune into this podcast for free um, at the link in my bio and you can order uh, inappropriate my comedy special that Jason helped uh, create uh, at melindahill.com. Thanks, guys. See you tomorrow Bye. with Stephen Kramer Glickman tomorrow. Bye, Jason. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Love you. Bye.